Night and Awake. Smoke Indica. Do shit anyway. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Baked and Awake podcast. This is Steve, and I want to thank you uh, today on January 31st for your patience over the last uh, couple of weeks for the latest episode. And uh, by way of clarification, I won't call it an apology because um, I don't tend to, I try not to do too much of that um, with the podcast because I figure, hey, nobody put a gun to my head to make me make this podcast and nobody's putting a gun to any of your heads to have you listen to it. Um, and so whenever I, you know, take an extra couple of days or what have you, I may make an observation about it or comment on it in the course of the podcast, but I try not to make it a big deal as if I was holding myself to some insanely rigorous publishing schedule or deadlines like I had some team here waiting for me to get my podcast out every week. Um, that said, the reason why it has taken a little bit longer and the reason why you're not getting the full episode on, I believe my plan was to dive deep on Star Forts today, is that um, as you're about to hear in the first section of the podcast that I have um, constructed together for you here today, um, you're going to hear a about 20-minute section, um, which is... A, the was intended to be the Baked and Awake news brief for today, for this week. Um, I do those a couple times a week. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the uh, planned eventual publishing schedule for that one. I've been doing it uh, alternating between all three days and just doing like Monday and Friday um, to start so far just from a standpoint of not wanting to spend the money on the extra hosting for the extra megabytes of uh, storage that I'll need uh, until I gain a little bit more traction with that mini podcast that's uh, content that's optimized for your alexa smart speakers and uh, other smart home speakers I'm, I'm sure you can listen to it on google home as well it's a searchable podcast rss feed no matter what on top of it all so you can find it in your podcatchers if you're interested in catching that normally short format under uh, five minute or so podcast that i do there this one went long I was talking about uh, YouTube and some recent changes that they announced to what they're going to be doing with uh, suggested, um, you know, up next videos. And you might like this if you like that type of suggestions in their algorithm. And I'll leave the explanation of that to the recorded uh, content that I've got ready to go here for you. Uh, I also am going to be including a, another short section, a little shorter than that that is separate, that was an intro to the Starfort phenomenon. Uh, I will include the, the resource, the link that I got that from in the show notes today. And I will also point you in the show notes today, once again, back to bakedandawake.com, where you can find all our previous episodes. You can also find all the episodes of the Baked and Awake news brief there on a separate tab. When you get to bakedandawake.com, you'll see right up top in the navigation pane um, several places you can go to, including to support the podcast as well as to listen to the news brief. Um, I'd also like to let you know that when you do get to bakedandawake.com, you can sign up for my email mailing list, which you'll hear me talking about quite a bit more in the section that is to come so i'll keep that mellow but remember talk to us at bakedandawake.com all right um so we're gonna for the most part trail right back off 
2019 is fixing to be a big, big year in cannabis. Don't think for a minute that we're not going to be really, you know, watching the key stories nationally and internationally very closely and talking about them here. Um, but uh, we are also, as always, going to continue to look at the controversial topics in the wider realm that we've been spending time with both on, on Baked and Awake and on the news brief. So uh, I hope you enjoy the news brief. If you haven't listened to the news brief before, I've dropped it in as a, you know, bonus content here in the stream on the main podcast a couple times before. And frankly, I don't feel bad about doing that cross-pollination or cross-promoting of the news brief because it is super, super, excuse me, on brand and, uh, you know, similar content to what we do here on the long form podcast. So, uh, the section that I'm about to discuss is one that's really close to my heart and has a lot of sort of influence on all of us who are out here independently creating content for the web, for the world. So check it out. Give me your thoughts. Stick around for the section on star forts. It will, uh, come with very little introduction after I wrap up the news brief section. I'll do some sort of transition sound effect or something for you and I'll roll into that um, re- recitation or reading of a intro to the Starforts concept. And then I'm not sure if I'll add any commentary on the end of that to uh, continue to get us primed and prime the pump for that next more in-depth episode. I'm assuming right now that if you're listening to the podcast and if you've been around for a minute You've checked out the Mud Flood uh, episode of the podcast. You've checked out some of the other uh, more recent episodes where we've begun to dabble in this realm and where I've already mentioned uh, a number of the interesting aspects about why star forts are even of interest to us and why we would talk about them in conspiratorial terms. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to study there. So that's also a reason why I haven't gone full bore hours worth of content on it yet for you guys because I actually want to write most of that episode and have that uh, make sure I have robust show notes for that one and maybe even uh, support it with some blog posts on the on the website as well um, which I recently began you know uh, rolling out some blog posts to support the audio content and hopefully we'll get some reading there some comments on that and and that can become another place where we can pivot some of our content differently and I can share different things and different thoughts than I do on the show. All right, everybody. Love you guys. We'll put this together for you and see what we've got when we're done. All right? And uh, you know what to do. Smoke that indica. And do shit anyway. Right. That's how you know it's a smoking news brief. <clears throat> that was a uh, little bong rip out of my latest acquisition, a little bodega water bong. Haven't had a water bong in years. Welcome, everyone, to the Baked and Awake News Brief. I'm your host, Steve, and the News Brief is a production of my full-length podcast, the Baked and Awake podcast, available on all podcatchers, as well as always at www.bakedandawake.com. 
I had to open today's news brief with a little bong rip there because, frankly, the topic of news today is, uh, you know, pretty serious to those of us who care about independent journalism, alternative media, uh, those of us who enjoy um, operating and researching stories in the so-called conspiracy space. Uh, I hate using that term because it is so derisive in today's society. The word, the very word is dripping with connotations, judgment, and closed-mindedness. I mean, the, the, when that word comes out of somebody's mouth in the form of conspiracy theorist or anything like that, is that one of them conspiracies you're talking about? Whenever that comes out, you know the conversation has actually just ended because people have thrown up their pat, cliched, societally programmed defenses against any sort of analysis or questioning of whatever narrative or agenda is being presented, which, of course, we are literally immersed, bathed in them, up and over our eyeballs and over our heads all day every day with every piece of media that comes at us. And I don't know that I'm exempt from that observation. I don't know. suppose I have an agenda as well. If I do, that agenda is to, whenever I turn on this machine, whenever I record these thoughts, whenever I publish these words to you, to bring some value in exchange for your time, to try to present correct and factual and truthful information wherever I can. Of course, we're going to spend time on topics that have complex ideas and posit potential alternatives to what we've been told in a lot of cases without a whole lot of evidence to support that conversational tack we're taking, that investigation that we're performing. And it's easy to say, well, do more work, dig deeper, do more research. And we can try. What you find in many cases is that you look into a topic and you've got a polarized, dichotomized sort of two hands extend out to you, each one holding a narrative, one of which is the blessed narrative. It's the one that has the societal blessing. So it's all shiny and happy and NBC and CBS and CNN and MSNBC and BuzzFeed and everybody else all can tend to agree on it. A lot of money over there on that 
side of the narrative. A lot of high production value. A lot of fancy people with letters in front of or behind their names. That sound incredibly impressive. They're very established, to put it another way. And on the other hand, you have people a little bit more like me. Independent researchers, bloggers and vloggers, underemployed journalists of different sorts, academics who may hold a degree but don't have tenure at some university somewhere for that field that they're talented in and 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 millions of millions of people though a lot closer to me who are just average everyday people with an internet connection and access to the greatest trove of accessible information including classical literature and curriculums to universities, including uh, the words and speeches of great men and women throughout history, including high-quality presentations, talks, documentaries, audiobooks, including well-funded, long-term outputs and reports from white papers from various research institutions around the world. I'm, I'm belaboring this point because I guess I want to remind us all that as easy as it is to take shots at and call the armchair investigator, the self-educated, the autodidactic, student of a subject uh, to call them a kook, to call them a conspiracy theorist, to say they're grasping at straws. In many cases, they may be. In many cases, we all slightly resemble the things that are cast our way. But is that the full truth? Is that the fullness of truth? Well, I say no. I say Today, the average person who has an internet connection and the curiosity to get out there and go after their questions on the web, they do have the opportunity to have more and better answers than they've ever seen before. What I was trying to set up there, however, for a moment, was the dichotomy and the imbalance between the independence are easy to criticize and not established and constantly being so-called debunked by the MDs and PhDs and etc. on the other side of the table. The blessed ones. But we have agendas and narratives being pushed. What am I talking about? Well, I mistakenly thought that for a long part of my life that I was born into the freest nation in the world and in the in the most enlightened time in history of mankind uh, where the entirety of Western civilization, not just the United States, was similarly enlightened and 
enjoying the bounties and benefits of a society that was in continual upward progress. And that no matter how much bad stuff was going on around us everywhere, that there was always something good to look to and a trend line to watch that was going the direction you wanted it to be. Violence going down. Quality of life and expected life expectancy for the populace going up. The general quality of life in the middle, again, better than it was when we look back in the past. I feel a little less confident of that than I used to, to say the least. Now, I took ten minutes here of kibitzing with you just to get to the story that today's news brief is about. And forgive me for not updating for the last couple of days. It has been mostly a function of ruminating on developments in the internet space, in the free speech space, in the um, podcasting and uh, media or content creating space in my head that just required me to sit and think and read and reflect on things for a few more days. Um, And this is why. I've been talking about and asking you both on the news brief and on the on the full length podcast to sign up, visit my website, sign up for my email mailing list, support Baked and Awake directly by perhaps donating a buck or two sometime when you feel like it. Again, through my direct website, bakedandawake.com. I don't trust Facebook. I don't trust YouTube. I don't trust any of these social media platforms to allow us to continue to have free speech. I don't fuck with hate speech. I'm not about that. We don't do anything remotely approaching that here. We're pretty lefty. We're pretty loosey-goosey. We're weird um, democratic socialist leaning with plenty of days of anarchist in us and and, and at times, uh, stupid libertarian talking points even sound sensible to me at moments. But that might just be the weed talking. I don't know. Either way, my point is, is what we're not is alt-right. And what we're not is alt-left either. What I am about is exploring a big, wide-open space wherever I want to explore, together with my audience. Why? Why do I even need to do this? Because the mainstream media that we've been, I was going to say using, but I feel like we're more used by, that our entire lives is demonstrably false, disingenuous, and in my opinion, actively pushing a corporate, like, state narrative on us at, like, every turn to reinforce consumerism, to damp down our frustrations about civil rights abuses in our own country and human rights abuses around the world being perpetrated by our own foreign policies as Americans. Get to it, Steve. This is a news brief. 
The story is from usatoday.com, speaking of mainstream media. Although once upon a time, they were breaking some rules. That's a story for another day. Posted January 25th, 2019 by Jefferson Graham. This is a story that's all over the web right now. YouTube to curb recommending conspiracy videos. Video network YouTube responded to critics who have long called on the Google company to clean up its recommendation engine and not offer conspiracy videos in suggested plays. In a blog post, posted Friday, YouTube said it will begin to reduce recommending, quote, borderline content and content that could misinform users in harmful ways, such as videos promoting a phony miracle cure for a serious illness. That sounds like CBD, if you ask me. Claiming the Earth is flat, or making blatantly false claims about historic events like, what do they pick, you guys? Say it with me. 9-11. The most high-profile conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones, was banned by YouTube entirely in 2018, along with Apple, Stitcher, Facebook, and others over concerns about his content, including videos that questioned whether the killings at Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012 were real. So, if YouTube viewers were searching for news accounts of an event like Sandy Hook, they could have seen InfoWars pop up after a string of videos from CBS, ABC, and the like. The YouTube algorithm picks videos based on your viewing and search histories in an autoplay mode with suggestions for other videos to watch as well. This isn't the first time YouTube has tried to take the conspiracy video problem on. In March 2018, it said it would put links to Wikipedia about events in text boxes around, quote, widely accepted events like the 1969 moon landing. YouTube was responding to public backlash after its trending videos tab gave a wide platform to clips that shared false or misleading information about breaking national news events like the high school shooting in Parkland, Florida, or the 2017 mass shooting in Las Vegas. YouTube says this algorithm shift will apply to less than 1% of the content on YouTube. I believe that's a lie but that limiting the recommendation of these types of videos will mean a better experience for the YouTube community. The network emphasized that the change will affect recommendations of what videos to watch, not whether a video is available on YouTube. So this is a little different than an outright ban. They're just hiding shit from us, from you. Quote, as always, people can still access all videos that comply with our community guidelines, and when relevant, these videos may appear in recommendations for channel subscribers and in search results. YouTube receives over 400 hours of videos uploaded to the site every minute. Holy crap. Let's say that again. YouTube receives over 400 hours of videos uploaded to the site every minute. Whew. They go on here. So many questionable videos fall through the cracks. Critics have long called for more human oversight, and YouTube has responded by saying it would hire as many as 10,000 people 
to hunt for offensive videos. Wow. Additionally, the network has touted its use of machine learning, there's our good friend AI, to get a better handle of keeping bad stuff off the network. Videos remain up until they are flagged by members of the community for not adhering to YouTube's guidelines, such as showing violence, sexual content, or in the case of the recent Florida high school shootings, false information. An example of the conspiracy issue. In February 2018, when student survivors of a high school shooting in Florida began speaking out, a video that suggested the students were, quote, crisis actors, hired by Democrats and gun control advocates, rose to the top of YouTube's trending section, attracting 200,000 views. Once the media caught on to it, YouTube pulled it down. This change in policy relies on a combination of machine learning and real people, YouTube says. We work with human evaluators and experts from all over the United States to help train the machine learning systems that generate recommendations. These evaluators are trained using public guidelines and provide critical input on the quality of a video. YouTube had resisted making wholesale changes to its algorithm due to concerns for free speech. Oh, well, thank you, YouTube. The network said the change, quote, strikes a balance between maintaining a platform for free speech and living up to our responsibility to users. The changes will take effect for now only in the United States and will eventually be rolled out to other countries. In closing on this topic, I will simply say this first off reminds me very much of Tumblr's recent move to ban all NSFW or 18 plus and borderline pornographic content from its platform, resulting in what appears to be a mass exodus of many other normal or their more traditional user base off of that platform. And it has now descended into, last I heard, a villainous hive of scum, mostly alt-right, Nazi-supporting scum. Um, now, YouTube is targeting 9-11 conspiracy theorists, flat earthers specifically, and... Uh, also obviously mentioned heavily in that article was anyone who talks about false flag terrorism attacks and speculates or theorizes about that. You wouldn't be listening to me if you didn't know that I will at least entertain those theories and look at that content and try to analyze it for whatever merit it may have. Um, do I think nobody died at Sandy Hook? Absolutely not. Do I think that a lot of really fucked up shit went down, especially in the immediate uh, moments following the event and the reporting of it? Absolutely. And that's one of many, including Las Vegas, including 9-11, including many, many others that are definitely sitting in my open cases file 
over here on my little baked and awake desk. And some of those have been open for 17 years or so now. Because I've been on this. So, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to say again, get at me at bakedandawake.com. Email me at talktous at bakedandawake.com. Yes, please, subscribe to me on YouTube. Yes, please, follow me on the social media platforms where you still see a presence for Baked and Awake. I'm saying, however, we can't rely on them. We don't know that we're going to get to continue to enjoy those platforms. And for me, for whatever audience or traction the news brief or the podcast is building at all, the future for us must be more... uh, in our own hands. It must be more under our own control. We need our own platforms. Indeed, guess what? We have our own platforms. It's called the internet, and they haven't taken it away from us yet. But what we have that we've fallen into the trap of, especially for us independent content creators who are trying to have a voice, we've gotten lazy, and we've gotten complacent, and we've gotten dependent on social media platforms to provide us that place to grow our voice. We need to grow our voice independently. We need to talk to each other via email. You need to let me into your email inboxes just a little bit, guys. I'm not going to sit there and spam you. I'm not going to sit there and sell you a bunch of shit. just want to keep this conversation going with or without Facebook, with or without YouTube. All right, everybody. Long news brief. Hopefully I have enough bandwidth in my storage account for this to get this one published for you it's january 31st 2019 and it's getting wild out there all right you guys you know what to do take it slow keep your head screwed on straight smoke some indica do shit anyway star-shaped forts advantages and history. Star-shaped forts, or trace italiens, are a type of fortification that remained popular from the mid-15th century right up until the end of the 19th, and they evolved for two main reasons. First, they aimed to counteract the game-changing effects of gunpowder during sieges, with traditional square and ring-shaped forts now easily breached by cannon fire. Second, star forts also mitigated a key defensive weakness traditional forts had become increasingly vulnerable to. Sapping, or mining under the walls, by foes out of the firing line. Star forts countered, to a degree, the effects of cannon fire by removing the most perpendicular targets for the attacking force. The design was chosen as cannonballs made short work of square-on fortifications, largely due to their extensive surface area and lack of absorptive support when a shot made contact. This was because medieval castle and fort walls, which accounted for a large proportion of existing strongholds, had been designed to be relatively thin but high, making it hard for enemies to scale them difficult for siege engines to fire over. 
The advent of cannon fire, however, allowed these walls to be hit directly and with a ferocity that would easily demolish stone and clay. As such, this new form of fortification was built out of a series of interlocking and or separate triangular bastions, which encircled the central town or keep within. The bastions were much thicker than standard walls, and much flatter too, meaning that any cannon shot hitting them straight on would have its kinetic energy spread out and absorbed by successive layers of masonry. Further, any shot that was not a direct hit, or completely perpendicular, would glance off with little damaging effect. The second reason why star-shaped forts became widely adopted was that, while it limited effective angles of attack for the offensive enemy force, it maximized those of the defensive one. This was due simply to the geometry of the bastions. By creating a series of triangular spits that could be manned by gunners, attacking forces could be engaged over a far greater angle, over 180 degrees. More importantly, those forces that did reach the walls could be continuously fired upon from the sides and rear. These advantages were generally not granted by existing strongholds, as their flat-on walls meant infantry could only fire in a small arc in one direction, that is, perpendicular to the wall. If forces did manage to reach the base, they could not be effectively engaged, either as shooting straight down is very awkward. Despite originating in the mid-15th century in Italy, by the 18th century, star forts were a common sight in France, Germany, Croatia, Hungary, and many other Western nations, later spreading as far east as Japan. Many are acclaimed in historical records as key turning points in major battles. Indeed, the reign of the star fort only came to an end with the arrival of explosive shells towards the latter end of the 19th century. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. The darkness awaits.